0: Hi, this is Rabbi Duby ben Shushan from Congregation Magen Abraham, located on East 9th between T and Avenue U. Thank you so much in advance for listening to the following shiur. Ladies, this week, Parashat Naso, I'd like to talk to you about what the great Akedah Yitzchak describes as the secret and the yesod of success in this world. And this is something that actually we're tested on every day of our lives. So this is a big concept to grab. I'd like to start and ask you a question. If Borei wants to give blessing to a certain person, he blesses him. If Borei does not want this person to be successful, no matter what anybody else in the world does, that person will not be successful. If that's the case then how do you understand the role of the Kohanim in Berkat Kohanim? Are they the ones that are giving the biracha? Or is it Hashem giving the Biracha? And if that's the case, why do we need the Kohanim? If Hashem wants to bless somebody, He'll bless him. If Hashem doesn't want that person to be blessed, there's no Kohen in the world that can change that. If that's the case, what is the role of the Kohanim in Birkat Kohanim? Answers the great Akedat Yitzchak, the following Yisod Gadol. And this is something that is a life's message. Says Akedat Yitzchak, A person's success in this world depends how much we recognize, how much we believe, that all success comes only from Hashem. And that nobody else in the world can help that or take away from our Hatzlacha in any way. It's only in Hashem's hands. He is the one that brings success to a person, nobody else. Because the moment the the person begins to think that it's their charm, it's their personality, the moment they start to think that it's their talents that made them successful. The moment the person starts to think that it's all about them, that I'm successful and I'm a success story, and it's me and my efforts and my investments and my smarts that got me to where I am today, that's the moment that Hashem takes success and moves it away from the person. And Hashem says to the person, you think it's you? You think it's your smarts? You think it's your marketing? You think it's your charm, your personality? If that's the case, then go ahead. You're on your own. Let's see how far those things get you without me, says Hashem. Bore Olam, time and time again, tests us to see if we really recognize and if we really believe that he is the only source of Beracha and Hatzlacha in this world. But you know, ladies, this can become very difficult at times. It's one thing to say it and to say that we believe it with a firm belief. But when you're sitting at that table with the buyer of Walmart looking you straight in the eye and you're watching the buyer as he's thinking back and forth. Should he take your product? should he take your product? Should he give you that multi-million dollar order? Is this going to be the moment of the turnaround of your Parnassah, of your Shefa? And to really look that person, the buyer in the eye, and to tell yourself that it has nothing to do with them and that it's all bore Olam, and only Hashem is gonna decide what's gonna come out of this moment, what's gonna come out of this deal and it has nothing to do with this guy across the table. That's not so easy. It's not so easy when you're looking the person in the face and you're watching the reality unfold. And at that moment, it seems so clear. This is the buyer. I just took them out to the fanciest restaurant. I bought them a steak. I made jokes to charm them. I tried to build a cashier with them, a relationship to get the deal. And now I'm going to make the Ba'ah. This is it. And you're telling me that this is not the guy? No. it's nothing to do with him. It's Borea Olam. He's the one who's deciding if this is going to be successful or not. It's so hard to go beyond your eyes, beyond what you see, beyond what you're listening to, and to grip to what your heart knows is belief in Hashem. It's so hard. But says, bore That's what I want from you. I want you to believe that it's not the buyer that's making you the sale. I want you to believe that when you go to school with your little child and you meet the principal, it's not the school or the principal that's deciding if your child is going to be accepted. Bore Olam is running the show. He's the one in charge. He is the one that brings the deals. He is the one that gets your kids accepted to schools. He is the one that brings the Shiduch, not the Shadchanit. It's all Bore Olam. All the Hatzlacha, all the success is only from him and no one else. Do we believe it? Yes, we believe it. But then the moment you're in it, oh, it's hard. hard. That's a whole different story. When you're looking the person in the face who looks like they are making the decision and you are able to look past that and say, no, 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 it's not them. It's Boreola, that's heart. That's a big, that's a big Madriga. But you know what? Says the Akedah itzhak. That's what Hashem wants. Hashem wants us to go past our eyes, to go past our ears. And although it looks like that that's the reality, but these people are only puppets in our life. And Bore Olam, he is the great puppet master who's pulling all the strings of what's going to happen in every single step of our life. And if that's the case, can you go past what your eyes see? Can you go past what your ears hear? Can you believe that beyond the reality Is really Bore Olam that's dictating what's going to be the result and where the Hatzlacha is going to come from. Says the Akedat Yitzchak. Because this is so hard to do, Hashem gave us a daily reminder and a lesson. And you know what that is? That is Birkat Kohanim. Says the Akedat Yitzchak. You know what Hashem wants? Hashem wants that the Kohanim, they're going to come up to the front of the shul every day. They're going to take off their shoes, looking like angels, like Malachim. They're going to take the talit, they're going to put it over their heads. They're going to raise their hands up in the air, Mamash. They're going to take the position of giving a Beracha, of blessing. And then we, the people, we're going to bend our heads the way we accept Berachot, and as they take and assume the position of Biracha, and a moment's notice, it's about to look like that who's giving the blessing? It looks like the Kohanim are giving the blessing. At that moment, says Borei alam to the Kohanim, make it look like that you, Kohanim, are giving the Biracha, and then you know what I want you to say? Hashem v'yishmerecha. It looks like we are giving you the blessing but it's not us. It's Borei Olam. He's the one that's giving the Beracha. Not us. Ya'er Hashem, Pana ve'lecha Hashem, lecha shalom. What a lesson. It says, Borei Olam. Make a charade. Make it look like that you're giving the Beracha. But then tell them in truth who's the real source of the Hatzlacha and the Biracha in this world. Explains the Akedah Yitzchak. This is the depth of the, of the Biracha. This is the depth of the Pasuk at the end of Birkat Kohanim. Samu et shemi al Bnei Israel. Kohanim, while you make it look like that you're giving the Biracha, instead, you know what you should do to the people? Put my name on them. Make it look like that you're doing it, but then tell them my name. Tell them that I'm the one that's doing it. And if the people could actually look past what they're seeing and understand that it's not the Kohanim that's giving the Beracha, but it's Hashem that's giving the Beracha, if you can go past your eyes, then there's the end of the Pasuk. When they hear my name and know it's not you, but it's Hashem that's giving the Beracha, Va'ani avarechem. That's the moment, says God, that I come and I give the beracha. Here is the recipe for all beracha and hatzlacha in this world. It's the ability to be able to look past what looks like is real. To move past what our eyes see and what our ears hear and be able to say No. It's not this buyer. No, it's not the principal. No, it's not the Shadchanit. Borealam, it's all you. En od mil vado. You're the great puppet master. All these people are just going through motions. But who has the key to the Hatzlacha? The Beracha comes from you, Hashem, and nobody else. And that, to get there, we need a daily reminder that what you see in this world... Seeing is not believing. And what you see, you don't get. That's not the way Borei Olam works. Just the opposite. The way Borei Olam works is what you see should not trick you. Because really, I'm standing behind it all, says Borei Olam. And I'm going to give you the heart because only Hashem is the source of all that blessing. You know, I'm not a big advocate to tell people to go to New York City. New York City today became like a mini Sedonva Vamora. But if you're already in the city, then maybe take out an opportunity if you have a few extra minutes. And if you go out to 47th Street, if you go out to the Diamond District, you'll have an opportunity to grab a moment's message of such a Musar that it itself is a diamond. If you walk around there, you'll see something phenomenal. You walk down the street, and everybody in the entire diamond (laughs) district, they're all selling the same thing. It's amazing. And yet, they're all selling the same diamonds, and they're all making a parnasa. What happened to competition? What happened to all those guys that come yelling and screaming, Rabbi, this guy, Chutzpah, he opened up a a cell phone store on the same block as my store, and he goes out to kill the guy, and he wants to put him in cherim, and he wants to take him to Bedin. Uh, How could he? Competition. These guys, you walk down 47th Street, every inch is another diamond store. And then finally, the middle of the block, off to the left, there's this large mini mall. Then you walk inside over there, there must be about 200 different showcases and booths. And everybody is selling the same diamonds. Yes, there may be a little bit different quality. Some are from South Africa, some are from Italy, some are from Belgium. Okay, I agree. But at the end of the day, more or less a few pennies this way, a few pennies that way, but they're all selling the same goods. And their prices cannot be that vast. They have to be competitive. So how is it that all of them are making a Parnassa in the exact same few inches of radius? And if that doesn't amaze you, then I hope this will. I'll never forget when I was walking down 47th Street, the Diamond District, a very close family member to our family, a man by the name of Eliao Cohen, he's been working with diamonds now for almost 40 years. He married a young lady from Belgium. The family was into diamonds. And he was the one that was going to help me pick out the right diamond and the setting for my wife at that time when I was engaged. And I remember he met me and my mother there on 47th Street. And as we we're walking down the block, He's giving us like a mini grand tour of all the diamond dealers. And you have to hear this. He walks down the block with us and he stops. He says, you see this guy over here in this store? He did very well. He's around now for 20, 30 years. The guy next door, he's going bankrupt. He's not going to be around for another week or two. The guy next door to him, he's new. It looks like he's going to do Bezat Hashem well. This guy over here, he's making so-so a living. This guy over here, I don't know if he's going to survive. This guy over here, he's doing tremendous know? They're all in the same block. They're all selling the same goods. The same diamonds. More or less the same prices. Who dictates... That this guy does very well, this guy is going out of business, this guy is barely making a living, the other guy is just surviving. Who decides between one diamond booth to the next? And that doesn't blatantly show you that the Hatzlacha has nothing to do, not with the diamonds, not with the salesman, not with the salesmanship, not even with the customers. But bore Olam is dictating Mi Not just physically, financially, and in every step of life. Who's going to succeed and who not. Says Akedah Yitzchak, you want to know the secret? I'm telling you the recipe. The recipe to the secret depends on your recognition to recognize how much you believe that the success and the biracha comes only from Hashem. Seeing is not believing. Go past your eyes. Don't believe what you see, because beyond the buyer, beyond the shadchanit, beyond the principle, there's a bore olam who's making the decision. Not them. He's the one that's going to decide if it's going to be successful. Not them. If this is the case, I'm telling you, if you're in the city, take my word on this one. You'll walk into the mall that they have there. It's an indoor large mall. There must be 150 counters. And they're no more than maybe three feet away from each other. Stand by the door. To me, that is a Musar Sefer. Again, I'm not an advocate to go to New York City. I don't like it. But if you're there anyways, walk into the mall. Just stand by the door. I watched this. It was amazing. People were walking in off the street. One person would go to this counter. Different person would go to that counter. Different person, what, what possessed them to decide to go to the back, ro- back of the room, to the back counters? What got them to this customer to go to here and the other one to there? Literally, Borea Olam, showing us that he's handing out the parnasat to the people as he feels fit. otherwise, I have no other explanation to explain 47th Street and the ability for everyone to make Parnassa of the same goods, the same prices, on the same block. Rather, what do you see? He's in control. Nobody else but Boreola. It's amazing. Many years ago in this community, there was a gentleman that at that time was very famous. He began to become wealthy. He was known in the community as Shalom. Many people heard over the years of the legendary business ethics that this gentleman had. But more special, how many people he put into business. So many new immigrants from our community that came over with nothing. They literally came with their shirt on their back. And my father-in-law, Butchie, he tells me that there were long lines waiting just to get into the office of Ay of people who wanted to start some sort of a job. They were great salesmen. Matter of fact, the salesmen of this community are legendary. I mean, everybody knows about the SY salesmen, by now at least. Everyone knows they can sell (laughs) ice to an Eskimo, CBD. I mean, these guys are incredible salesmen. And by the way, you know who's better salesmen than the men? The ladies. Recently, I found this out. My my wife's grandma, Grandma Sarah, Uh, this goes back many good years, maybe back to the 50s or the 60s. My father-in-law tells me that uh, things were tight, and she told her husband, she says, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna outsell you by five to one. Let me go get a job. We need the money. And at that time they were tight. So he says, go ahead, go get a job. Let's see what you can get. She went down 86th Street and she walked into the first furniture store that she saw. She walked up to the Italian guy and said to him, listen, if I don't outsell all your salesmen by the end of this week, the entire crew, then you don't have to give me a job. Just let me start. He says, lady, go ahead, knock yourself out. I don't have to pay you a salary. You're working on commission. No problem. Let's see what you can do. Grandma Sarah had these big blue eyes. You knew she was looking at you from a block away. And then when she finally got to you, the charm that she had, she totally engulfed you. There was no running away from her. She was this dynamo of a personality. And she was a wow. I remember the night I was engaged. I came back to the house to meet the uh, family of my wife. And I, I walked into the house. All I saw was Grandma Sarah. You see these two eyes looking at you. And suddenly she gets up and she starts presenting herself. And she talks with her. Oh. What a person, what a charm, what a personality. She started. At the end of that week, not only did she outsell all the salesmen, but before the week was up, the owner was begging us, Sarah, please, come back tomorrow, please, please. I'll give you a salary, I'll give you commission, I'll give you bonuses. And in no time, she was in that furniture store for years. She made more money than her husband. Unbelievable Koah. That the people of this community have is tremendous koa. Nonetheless, coming back to the point, they could sell. And because of that, they came to Ayeshalem and they said, Listen, we just came. We know nothing about America. We know nothing about business here. In the old country we sold well, but here we don't know what to turn. We had to start, what to do. Can you give us merchandise, product, give us something to sell, something to do? Start us off. That's what he did. He was an unbelievable sadiq. this guy. He used to give people, he would find out who the family is, you know, he would ask them, Min and then we would know who the family is. Oh, this family, I, mean, I know this family. This is a trustworthy family. He started giving them merchandise. And then after that, he would extend them credit and credit and credit. Not just that. He would open up to them his Rolodex. He would start telling them, I get my material from this guy, I get my stuff from that guy, this guy stay away from, he's a crook, this guy is something else, this guy is the best guy to go to, and he starts giving out his contacts. He literally handed his business secrets over to what would be his competition, and then some. How many people? But you know what Aishallam found out? You know what he taught to this community? The more people he opened his business to, the more people he started and put in business, the more wealthier he became. And he sent a message to all those great business minds of the world that at the end of the day, it has nothing to do with your skills and your talents. Yes, you have to use your skills. You have to use your talents to the best you can because that's why Hashem gave it to you. But at the end of the day, in the back of your mind, you have to say to yourself, it's not me. It's all you, boreh Olam. And that's what he taught this community. The more I opened and gave my secrets away to other people to start them in business, the more wealthy her became. Because the Biracha comes only from boreh Olam. This is the great yesod of the Akedah Yitzchak. Can you get past your eyes? Can you go past what you see? Because what you see in this world, what you see is not what you get. Seeing in this world is not believing. Just the opposite. Believing needs to extend past your seeing. And after what you see, you think is the reality. You think that this is the buyer that's going to give you the million dollar deal. And this is the Shadchanit that's going to bring my daughter a husband. And this is the principal that's going to accept my kid to a school. Says Borei alam, are you done? They're only puppets! But I'm the puppet master. I'm the one that pulls the strings. Borea Olam is the one who's making the decision. He, and only he, is the source of all the success. What a message. That's the message of Birkat Kohanim. It looks like the Kohanim are giving the blessing. They're standing up there with their hands in the air, assuming blessing position. But yet, what do they scream out? What words? Yibarechecha Hashem v'yishmerecha. It's not us. It's Hashem that's giving the beracha. Oh, b'samu when you put my name out there and tell them that it's not you giving the beracha, but the beracha is from Hashem. avarchem. That's when I come to give them beracha. That is the secret to all beracha in this world. I know that a few weeks back, I mentioned the story, I'm not sure if it was in this class, or in the Shabbat class, or in the high school. You see, I'm losing myself at this point, I'm not sure, okay. But nonetheless, I I remember a few weeks ago we mentioned a story that I just want to quickly just touch upon again for a moment for this purpose. And that was regarding a Rosh Kolel from Bnei Brak who, this goes back many, many good years ago, over 35 years ago, because this was the time when the Chaza'on Ish was still alive, Zechel uh, Sadiq Lebracha. This Rosh Kolel, he was really in a quandary because he was not able to continue supporting the Kolel. But at the same time, he heard from the other Tamidei Chachamim that flew out to America to try to collect funds that at that time things were very tight and they were coming back with nothing barely even covering their tickets. So because of that, he just didn't know what to do. Should he go? Shouldn't he go? It's going to be a waste of time. And if he's going to go and come back with nothing, it's better just to sit and learn. Why, be, why do the Bitul Torah? So he didn't know what to do. So he went to the Chazonish. And he said, Rebbe, what should I do? Should I go to America? I mean, everyone's coming back dry, empty-handed. But at the same time, what else should I do? I have to support the Kolel. The Chazonish told him, you should go to America. And Bezat Hashem. Hashem is going to send the money. So he says, oh, does that mean that you're giving me a Birachad that I'm going to be successful? He says, no. No, not at all. But Hashem's is going to send the money. With those words, the Rosh kollel didn't know what to make of it. But if the Chazanish says go, you go. So we got a ticket and he flew out to the United States. And sure enough, he went door to door, door le door He went door to door, hoping he'd find something, somebody. But he was picking up pennies here and there. And literally at the end of his trip, he just barely covered the ticket with not much to come back for the kolel itself. And he was heartbroken. Two weeks. Two weeks of bushot. And at least at least come back with what you went for, but not even that. He got back on the plane, and he comes back to Israel empty-handed. He was heartbroken. He's thinking to himself, like, what was the Hazanish thinking? Why would he tell me to go through this? Why would he tell me to go? He lands in ben Gurion, and he comes out with everybody else, and he's standing by the Tachana, waiting for the Sherut to take him back with six, seven other people to Bnei You know, I'm sure everybody remembers. Today it's not as common, but once upon a time it was where, you know, they took the Sheirut to Yushalayim, to Bnei Brak, with another six, seven people. You share it with a lot of people, it comes out cheaper. So he gets into the car, squished in with a bunch of people, and who's he squished right next to? Another Jew. He turns to the Rosh Kolel, this Jew, and he says to him, I'm from South America, and I'm on the way to Bnei Brak. You know, my father just passed away. It's now after the 11 months, it's the unveiling. And he he only wanted to be buried outside of Bnei Brak. My father grew up in Europe with many of the gedolim of Bnei Brak. And after he passed away, he left the tzavah that he wanted to be buried outside of Bnei Brak. So we're going now to the unveiling. He says, but I don't have anybody here. I don't have any family, no friends. I'm coming from South America. Maybe you can help me when I get to Bnei Brak. I need to say Kaddish. Could you get me a minyan together to say Kaddish? So the Rosh Kolel says, absolutely. I'll take you with me into my place. You say Kaddish. We'll answer. So, they pull up to the Kolel, they get out, he pulls the guy in with him. He comes inside and he says, Rabotai, I'm back, and I have here with me a hush of a guest from South America. He has to say Kaddish. So he says the Kaddish, and everyone answers. At the end of the Kaddish, they pray Mincha. After that, he turns to Rosh Kolel and says, listen, I'm going to the unveiling now. You think some of the guys would come with me? I don't even speak the language too well just to say Kaddish by the Kever for my father. He says, for you we'll do it. He picks up the whole kolam and he takes him. They all go out to the cemetery. The unveiling, the Harosh Kolel says a few words of Devar Torah, lilui nishmat. He says the Kaddish, they answer the Kaddish. This guy was so thankful. He turns to them and he says to them, listen, is this a shul or is this a kolel? He says, no, this is a kolel. He says, one second, you mean to tell me that you all took off today just for my father, for the unveiling, just to come? He says, yeah, we wanted to help you out. At least we can do a chesed for you. He says, you don't know what this means to me. He says, I want to ask you something. If I write you out a million dollar check, would you name the kolel after my father? The Rosh Kolel looks at him. If you write me out a million dollar check, I'll name my firstborn son after your father. Are you joking me? A million bucks? Now, remember, this is 35 years ago. This isn't today. A million dollars today. What does it get you? A basement in Brooklyn? No, I'm talking about, I'm talking about 35 years ago. When a million bucks was a million bucks. And he told them for the year. Sounds like he was ready to come back for more. And, and the Rosh Qadr says, I'll be haraba." the guy pulls out a check and on the spot he writes in NRI writes in a check and he hands it to him and he says here please name the kollel after my father and they named the kollel after his father and he was there for years to come to always be the source of continuous help to support the, the kollel flourished and grew under the name of this man's father from where from a taxi ride a sherut from the airport back to Bnei Brak. That night, this Rosh Khalil comes running to the house of the Hazonish and he's banging the door down. And the hazonish comes, answers the door, and he says, well, what, what's going on? He says, Harav, I went to America like you told me to, and I didn't make a penny. And the hazonish says, yeah, I told you you're not going to make a penny. So he says, no, but you don't understand. When I got back, I got into the Sheirut, and I, and I was sitting next to this guy from South America, And the chazanich says, oh, so did he help you, Kolel? Ah, yeah, yeah, you see what Gedolim are. He already saw the whole script before it took place. And he says, yeah, he wrote me out a check. He says, no, Baruch Hashem. So the man looks at the chazanich, the Rosh Kolel, and he says, so tell me, why did Hashem do it like this? Why did He make me go to America to fall on my face with bushot, knock on doors, To come back with mamash, nothing. And like this, to bring me back to Israel. To first find a guy that's going to support the kolel for years to come. Why not do it this way? (coughs) Hazanish looks at the guy. (coughs) And he says to the Rosh Kolel, you know why he did it like this? Because now there is no way for anybody to take credit for the monies to the kolel. Other than to say... It's from Hashem. You can't say that you're a fundraiser. You can't say it's my contacts. You can't say, oh, I know how to go to America. No, no, you see clearly. Hashem wanted to show you, are you ready to admit that it had nothing to do with you? Are you clear? Is it clear as day that I literally handed this to you on a platter? I did it this way so that everyone would be clear and know that it was only from Hashem and nowhere else. This says the Akeda Yitzchak. <coughs> this says the Akeda Yitzchak is the recipe for all success. Can you go past your eyes? Can you move past what looks like reality? Can you really grip and believe and recognize? that no matter what's going on in front of your eyes, but to believe that that's not really what's making things happen, but that the success and the result is only gonna come from Boré Olam, and from nowhere else. How many times we see this in our lives, time and time again, but Boré Olam wants to do it in a way where it's gonna be without question, that no one else can take the credit, but see that this is from Hashem. Ladies, I wanna share with you a story that goes back a few years. This is a tale of two sisters who almost ended up marrying two brothers. And this is a story that I tell you firsthand. I could not have told you this until today because it actually just came back to end this past week. But a little over two years ago, before I moved to Brooklyn, so one day I got from uh, the guy that runs the School phone, he forwarded me the text. In big black letters, it said, emergency. And then under that it said, please, please, can you meet me and my sister today? I'm thinking, emergency? What could the emergency be? You know, a lot of times when sisters want to come see a rabbi, the first thing you think, maybe there are uh, sibling rivalries, they don't get along, things are tough at home, who knows? That was the farthest from the truth when it came to these two sisters. These two sisters, I'm telling you, were unbelievably close. Literally, we're going to call them Rachel and Leah. They came to my father-in-law's house where I was at the time, and I was there preparing in the study, and they came up. And here is Leah, the older sister, with a very serious face, and Rachel, the younger sister, bowling and crying, and she couldn't catch her breath. And they come walking into the room, Leah and Rachel. So obviously it looks like Leah is going to take the floor first because she has a serious face and her younger sister is crying her heart out. So Leah looks at me and she says, Rabbi, listen, I really need your help. You know, Baruch Hashem, Leah tells me she's going to be married in a month. She's engaged to a great guy. She says, Rabbi is a great guy. He's so sweet and he's so nice and he buys me such beautiful stuff. He's wonderful. He's just wonderful, wonderful guy. But Rabbi, I have to be honest with you. Over the years, you really drilled into all our heads that the guy we should be looking for is a guy who's religious, Shomer Shabbat. He has a rabbi. He has some sort of a learning schedule. He's connected to learning. He goes to Shi'urim. Like this, you know that you're marrying someone with quality, someone you can build a quality home someone that has for shalom if there's a need for help anywhere down the line he has a rabbi that has his ear that you can turn to there's something to work with otherwise otherwise and she says i'll tell you the truth rabbi i was looking for that guy i really was i really was but you know it's really hard out there and there aren't a lot of great guys out there and because of that My parents were really driving me crazy to go out with this guy. Now, you're right. He's not really Shomer Shabbat. And the truth is, he works on Shabbat. And the truth is, he doesn't have a rabbi at all. And he doesn't learn. I mean, he hasn't opened a book for years. But he's a nice guy. He's a really sweet guy. And he's a gentleman. And he takes care of me. And then suddenly, the sister pipes in, Ando flus." I said, okay, come on. But really, do you think that you can build a home with this guy if he's not Shomesh Shabbat? I mean, that means the two of you are completely on different pages. Religiously, you're not even in the same level. You think that the marriage could work like this? She says, no, Rabbi, I'm telling you, I love this guy. I love him to death. He's a great guy. He treats me like a lady. He buys me beautiful stuff. My parents told me I'm going to be so happy with him, and they forced me to go out with him. And now I'm happy they did, because now we're engaged. And I am so looking forward to the most beautiful wedding. He's bringing flowers in from, from, from Switzerland. And, and, he's, and he's going to get me a car. And he, he got me a mink. And you had to see my swanny table. Shema Yisrael Rabbi. I am so happy that he has money. I am so happy with this guy. I said, okay. So what do you want from me? Rabbi, I'll tell you what I want from you. My fiancé has a younger brother. And he has eyes for my sister. And he wants to go out with her. And she does not want to go out with him for nothing. And every time my parents yell at her, look how happy your older sister is, Lea. Look how happy she is. Look how he takes care of her. Look what she's giving her. And my younger sister, Rachel, she sits with her arms crossed. And she says, no. And every time they push her, she always tells my parents, Rabbi Duvi, bay, 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 bay. I became the bad guy. I'm telling you, unbelievable. I became the bad guy. And therefore my parents said, you better take your sister to whoever this Rabbi Duvi guy is and you better tell him to tell her to go out with the younger brother because i uh, also and because he has to go because that's why we're here. Rabbi, come on, tell her. Tell her, tell her she has to go, tell her. The girls in this community, by the way, they can talk with rabbis like, nobody else. <laughs> can talk. You tell her. And she was uh, you tell. This girl looks at me, Rachel, and she wipes away the tears. And she says to me, Rabbi, listen, you drilled it into my head over the years. And I know it's true. I want a quality guy. Not into the money. I don't need the minx. I don't need the Lexus. I, that goes into a closet. I want a husband. I want a guy who's going to love me. A guy that will be on the same page. That we could actually grow together and make a beautiful home that Bore Olam will be a part of. That Hashem will always be a guest in my home. That I'll have kids that will be blessed kids. Tell me this is what I want. Why take that from me? I looked at the two of them. Wow, I don't know what to say. So I looked at the older sister and then I looked at the younger sister and I said, Rachel, listen to me. Your older sister loves you very much. And what she's telling you and what your parents are telling you is out of love, that they just want to see you have the best. That's the truth. They want to see that you have a good life. They want to see that you have a stable life. They want to see that you're going to be with someone who's going to take care of you. That's why they're pushing what they're pushing. And the truth is, truth is, it's very tough out there. And the truth is, it's not easy to get married. But those are the people that are looking at this world as if it has to do with me and you. We still come from a belief that bore Olam is the Shadchan and nobody else. We are still of a belief that the Gemara that tells us that at the moment that a child is conceived, and this is the famous Gemaran, Sota Bet Amur Aleph. At that moment that this little baby is conceived, a voice comes out from Shamayim and screams out, Bat Plone Le plone. This girl is going to marry this guy. So what's, what, 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 what is it that we're so worried about? It's not easy. It's not. It's Kashin Kikriyat Yamsuf. It is. No question, it is. But at the end of the day, Borei Olam's in charge. And if you really want that guy, I will never tell you to go out with a guy who's mehalel Shabbat. In my opinion, you should not go out with a guy who's mehalel Shabbat. You should not go out with a guy that has no religion. You should not go out with a guy that doesn't have a rabbi and has zero connection to Torah, zero classes, zero nothing, except for what he seems to have. I'm sorry. I'm going with you. I give you a beracha that Hashem should send you, the guy that you're hoping and looking for. A guy that's going to be a bentora, that's going to have a good job, that's going to have quality, that's going to have a rabbi, that's going to have learning at night, that's going to have what you're looking for. At that moment, Leah stood up from the table. Ladies, she wanted to rip me to pieces. I'm telling you the truth. My father, I'll never forget, on the table. I don't know if you ever see these things. You know those letter openers? They look like a mini knife. I grabbed it off of the table. I said, Leah, stand back. She looked like Mamash. She wanted to come for the kill. To Rabbi, how could you tell my sister that? How could you? Are you going to take this on your shoulders when she's going to be, da, da, da? You're going to be the one. I said, Listen. You know, I'm not one to quote Winston Churchill. That's the truth. That's not my style. We're in a shul. But, Lomaisa, Winston Churchill once said that a person who has no enemies is a person who never stood up for anything they believed in. I believe in this. I'm sorry. I don't mean to upset you. But I can't tell this girl to go out with a guy, Mehaler Shabbat, because he looks good on the outside. I try my best to bring up guys that look good on the inside as well. I can't tell her to go any other way. I'm sorry. She was so angry. They stomped out. And Rachel, I saw, had a little relief on her face. That night, the mother called me. Oh, did I get a Misha over the phone? <laughs> Mama, she killed me to pieces. And I understand her. Someone who has a daughter who's waiting to get married. and it's it's. it's tough it's tough this is an Isayona belief that's unbelievable it is no question and she killed me to pieces i, I took it like a man well, well, what can i tell her what can i say and then the next day the father called me and me threatened me you better call up my daughter she's not what am i gonna do i feel terrible terrible mamash it's not my style i'm good with people i, I felt but what am i gonna do you can't compromise what you believe in because it really is him that runs the show. And if I tell her anything else, I'm lying. If I tell her that this guy's money is gonna make her happy and the mink is gonna make her happy and the Lexus is gonna make her happy, I'm a liar. How can I tell her that? It's not true. It's not gonna make her happy. I could show you hundreds of people, I'm not pointing fingers, but nonetheless, that it didn't work. She wants a quality guy. What can I say? Well, I'd like to fast forward now. This story, two years later, to this past week, this past Wednesday night, I got a big text from the shul phone, in big black letters: "Emergency!" Oh, could you please see me and my sister tonight? It's an emergency, and I'm thinking, "Oh my gosh, the Bopsy twins are back! I cannot believe it!" I said, "Well, you know, what, 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 what happened?" I tried to get out of it because I, I wasn't looking forward to it because I had such a tough experience from last time. I was wondering, they're going to come at me now with an axe. But I said, okay, come to the night seder." They came right through those doors at 10.15, Wednesday night. I sat down with them downstairs. But this time, remember Lea and Rachel? This time, Rachel had a serious face, and Lea was crying her heart out. This time, literally, they switched positions. I went downstairs and I sat with them. Leah couldn't get one word out. She was crying hysterically. Finally, Rachel, the younger, with the serious face, she says, Rabbi, I can't take it anymore. I said, what happened? I cannot watch my older sister go through what she's going through with her husband. I said, what? One second. Your older sister? The one that married the Ando Flus? Him? What happened? What happened? She says, well, Rabbi, listen to me. After they got married, things have been downhill. I'll have my sister tell you. But one thing I will tell you, Rabbi. Thank you. You saved my life. Because I didn't marry his younger brother. And it's really good that I didn't because it turned out that his younger brother's even worse. And I waited it out. And I got married. I said, oh, my bro, I didn't even know you got married. Who'd you get married to? She told me the name. I said, get out of here. That's one of my telling them from years ago. That was from my first class of students. And I thought, I cannot believe you. He's a great guy. She said, I know he's a great guy. She says, he works. He has a great job. It's a great family, he learns every night, he learns every morning, he is such a gem of a guy, Rabbi, you don't know, I'm telling you, he was a great guy. So I'm so happy for you. So I turned to Leah, I said, tell me what's going on. She says to me, Rabbi, I yelled at you, I screamed at you. Why didn't I listen to you? At that time, he looked so good on the outside. He looked so good. He was such a gentleman. You had to see what he got me, diamonds and minks and a car, and he was gonna get a house. And the day after the wedding, it was like somebody else. That's it. The bow was made. The deal was done. All of a sudden I became like an employee. It's as if I'm one of the Spanish Hadam guys in his, in his office. Suddenly, he starts talking to me like I'm garbage. Suddenly, he doesn't will give me a penny of money to spend on anything. Mama, she tells me to go to my parents to get food. The guy's an achzar. The guy's a ka'asan, an anger, such an anger. And he said, recently, he started hitting me. He says, Rabbi, what, what did I get into? And now I have nobody to turn to. He has no rabbi. He's not religious. He's Shabbat. If I tell him, let's go to a rabbi, what? Rabbis! It's the biggest joke to him. Now I'm stuck. I have nowhere to go. Hazita, what a poor girl. What a poor girl. My mom, I was crying with her. What a poor girl who was forced by her family to go out with a guy she should never have gone out with. Only because of one thing no shame. But she went for what to look good on the outside. She forgot who really runs the show. She forgot who's really in charge. She forgot that the Hatzlacha comes from Bore Olam. It doesn't come from whatever the gifts are on the swanny table. They don't get that. Ay, 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 she's broken to pieces, this girl. I had to sit for the next 45 minutes trying to console her. I had to send her over to somebody in the community that works with battered women. It hurts me to even talk about this. As they get up to walk out, I told her, I'm going to try my best to help you. Mamash, as we're walking out, the younger sister, Rachel, she turns to me with a smile, and she says, Rabbi, thank you. You saved my life. I could have married that younger brother. I would have been going through worse than what she's going through. Thank you for giving me the hezuk to remind myself that Hashem is in control. Hashem brings the zivug. Hashem is the one that brings the husband. And if I stand for what's right, He's going to bring me the best guy. And He brought me the best guy. And then she turns to me and she says, you know, we're married only for four months. And every night He comes home and I make supper. And He eats supper and then I tell Him, go out to the night Seder. And he goes out to learn. And then when he comes home, he starts telling me over the stuff that he learned. And we talk about it. And she starts, she starts giggling. I said, Shema Yisrael, these newlyweds, I'm telling you, they can get anybody nervous you know, to ill them. I said, listen, listen. Listen, I said, I'm very, just no rabbi. We talk about Torah. I said, okay, relax, relax, relax. Don't take off. I said, but she's giggling. She's like, but you had to see the happiness on this girl. You had, to, you had to see the happiness on this girl. She remembered who's in charge. She remembered who's the one that's behind the success and the hatslacha and the biracha of every step in life. She didn't get fooled by her eyes, she didn't get fooled by what was good on the outside. She went for bore Olam of what he told her was good on the inside. This girl is so happy. And the other girl we got to pray for. Says the Akedat Yitzchak. This is the Yisod HaChayim. This is a test that we all face every day of our lives. Do we think it's this person that's doing it? Or is it Hashem? Do we think it's that neighbor that's bothering us? Or it's a test from bore Olam? Is it this buyer that's making the big sale on our product? Bore olam. The principal that's accepting our kids to school? The Shadchan that's bringing? Or it's Bore olam. These are all puppets in the hands of the great puppet master who's pulling the strings. That was the message, Birkat Kohanim. It looks like the Kohanim are giving the blessing, but that's the charade that we want you to get past. Get past your eyes in this world and remember that the Beracha and the Hatzlacha is only from Bore Olam and nobody else. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. This is Rabbi Divi ben Shushan from Congregation Magen Abraham. Please tune in every week on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Have a great week. Shabbat Tov.